Hey, it's Patrick Combs with Bluffs Country, and you're listening to Success in Iowa. Welcome to this episode of Success in Iowa. I'm Todd Studer, and joining us in studio today, an old podcast guru now and uh, veteran. How, how many episodes do you have to have, Vivian, before we can call you a veteran? I'm not sure what it is. I mean, they say 10,000 hours before you're like an expert, so I've got a long ways to go. Oh, that's going to be a while. Yeah. We just better settle in. I think so. <laughs> Vivian Kavam, a co-owner of a company called Tandem Works and also host of a podcast called Writing Tandem, which is recorded in this exact same studio. So want to learn a little bit about you first off and uh, um, and your company, Tandemworks. Tell us uh, what what is this about and what kind of services do you offer? Sure. Well, so Tandemworks is, it's kind of evolved actually over the past few years. We, Michaela is my uh, co-founder partner with the company and we're based out of Council Bluffs, Iowa, and we're right on the historic 100 block, which we love. It's like just a, a cool area to be a part of. And um, we started in 2019, in actually September of 2019 is when we have like the official paperwork, everything signed. So six months before COVID. Six months before COVID, yes, <laughs> yes. And um, Michaela and I had worked together before though. So we felt really good about bringing our entities together and creating Tandemworks. And Tandemworks has changed even since 2019. And, you know, it's, it's just the beginning of 2023 right now. But when we look back, we're like, wow, it's pretty crazy and incredible to see how it has changed over time. Um, we started off, I would say, more with kind of an agency feel and really helping people with marketing plans and strategies. And that certainly is a piece of what we still do now. But I would say now we've really morphed from that into a broader scope where we're creative problem solvers. And we take a very human-centric approach to that and help teams either align, reimagine, imagine possibilities, and then reach goals. And so we help them unpack ideas, and then we help them pack them back up in a way that they can execute. And um, it's been a really fun, a really fun adventure to find ourselves now in this space where we're doing more coaching, mentoring, workshops, um, and then we work one-on-one -on -one with a few select clients, but we do that for a longer period of time so we can really help them unpack what it is um, that they're trying to accomplish. Was this change you're talking about, was it out of necessity or out of opportunity? Ooh, that's a great question. I think a lot of it has actually come out of a desire for alignment in our own passions and what we are excited about, what lights us up, as well as opportunities presenting themselves that have allowed us to explore what that is. Um, so for example, we actually started our roots for Michaela and I both is actually in photography. And a lot of people go, well, how you know, how did you end up here? And a piece of it is that we have a lot of experience in running businesses, um, problem solving, seeing, seeing how other businesses work because we've been in and out of a lot of them. Michaela also has a background um, in school from her college years in, you know, psychology and journalism. So she has a lot of that formal education as well. And then I kind of bring the boots on the ground street education along with hers as well. And that's, you know, what brings us together there. But if I was to try and summarize it, I would say 
we saw a need and we started fulfilling a need. We were like, we can fulfill that need and we know we can do it really well, which is the whole, I mean, that's the core of entrepreneurship. You see a need and you go, well, we can fill that. And that came about because we were delivering creative assets. We were delivering photos or video assets to clients. And long story short, a lot of those clients didn't know what to do with them. They were like, oh, we need a photo, we need video, we need these things. But then when it came down to it, they weren't exactly sure how to use them. And so we started stepping in and filling that gap of, well, we can help you with how to strategically use these to meet goals. And then over time, that's morphed actually further away. We do less and less of the creative assets, very little of it actually now. And we we partner more on the strategic end of things. I'm thinking of a type of analogy in my mind that because what you have is a business that helps businesses with their business. <laughs> yes, very much so. So, Or organizations. Or organizations as well, because you, yes, you do work with a lot of nonprofits as well. Mm-hmm. So I have this image in my head of, I'm a, I, I used to be a chess player and I was never ranked or nice. anything like that, but I was, I was okay at chess. And I'd been at a couple of events to where one person was playing multiple games at the same time. So they were in front of one board and they make the move and then they go to the next board and they make the move. And that's kind of what it sounds like you do, only eventually you have to get back to your own board (laughs) and you have to take care of your own business. Absolutely. I'm curious if... That's a great word picture and I'm totally (laughs) stealing that. Absolutely. That's brilliant. So what what I'm wondering about is how difficult it is to get your mind off a different chessboard and onto your own when it comes time to work on your own business, because there's still something to be done there. Yeah. I, people talk about that all the time. I mean, the plumber's house gets the least amount of plumbing. The carpenter's house gets the least amount of carpentry, right? The shoemaker's children don't have shoes to wear. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, it is an interesting place to be in. And that's definitely something that Michaela and I talk a lot about. It's part of what I like about having a business partner, though, and then having grown a team as well. And part of the beauty of that is that it does allow us to be able to focus fully in on clients and also do a good job of focusing in on ourselves. Now, to be honest, I do think that when we look at our own chessboard, to use your analogy, there are times we're like, okay, we need to take our own advice and apply it here. But a piece that's really helpful is I spend a lot of time focused in on the strategy of our business um, and then time also on our clients. But then I would say, Michaela, then that frees her up to spend a lot of time on clients and in her wheelhouse, what she does. And so we're able to kind of shift back and forth. We can flow back and forth with what's needed. Um, But I love strategies. And Michaela's really good at connecting So a lot of times what we find is I will build the strategy with her input, but I'll kind of get the bones together. And then she's really good at connecting those dots and kind of coloring in the lines, if that makes sense. So we try really hard, actually, to treat our business, our own business, Tandem Works, like a client. And so we actually schedule in time, just like we do with a client. It goes on our calendar, just like we do with a client. And we hold those promises to ourselves to meet ourselves just like we would a client. And so that does help with that conundrum. Did you start out of the gate with that philosophy or has that that evolved as you found the need for it? So that's an excellent question and I think an important one. Certainly some of it has evolved. Um, 
I was just thinking about this, actually writing the email for a podcast episode that we're releasing here soon. And I was reflecting back on my first probably six years of business, which was not with Michaela. It was a completely different business, different business partner. It was more a video production company and photography production company. And I was really focused in on just making money, growing the business and holding it together. I mean, if I'm being honest. And, and the business did hold together and we did grow. We actually, in fact, we doubled our revenue every year from year one, which frankly, it's, it's decently impressive. Um, however, it was very much white knuckled and it didn't feel great while we were doing it. Like the success, you're like, sure, I mean, that feels good. It looks good on paper. We're doubling. Our team is growing. We're moving into new buildings. We're acquiring things. Um, but it was very white knuckled. And I think a piece of that was we weren't fully aligned on what we wanted. It was more on what we thought we should do or what I really thought my business partner thought we should do. And so I was just kind of executing on that plan. So when you say, did we start out the gate with it? Michaela and I, I think did, but original businesses prior to Tandem Works, I, I'd have to say no. How many businesses, and maybe you don't even have this count because you've had a lot, how many businesses have you had over the years? Yeah, so from a legal standpoint, it's actually only been two, if I'm counting correctly, like filed LLC sure. tax ID yeah. number, right? And part of the reason for that is that technically, in my mind, it would be three, but from a tax standpoint, it would be two. The original businesses that I was a co-founder of, um, I made a big mistake, actually. And I was co-founder with my then husband, now my ex-husband. And I actually never got officially put on any paperwork. So I officially didn't own any of that business, um, but my part soul time was in it fully. So when you ask that question, not to make it convoluted, but I actually didn't have ownership of that. And that was, that was a mistake. With Michaela and I, we own our business together 50-50. And because of that, we made some very strategic decisions about how we wanted to run that business too. Um, and I learned that by making some pretty big mistakes before. But to more fully answer your question, we had a production company. I've had a production company in the past, and it had a number of brands underneath that company. We umbrellaed them. So there was a commercial video production company. Um, there was also a wedding photography brand. There was a legacy video brand. There was a family photo brand, a baby or an infant baby photo brand, a senior, like high school seniors, people was like, oh, like elderly people? No. Uh, high school senior brand, that was all housed underneath one company. Um, that now, sounds like a lot. <laughs> it is a lot because they really do operate as their own companies, if you will. Was it difficult at all to keep all of that separated? Yes. Yes and no. So, you know, you talk about that chessboard thing. Is it difficult? 100%. Do I necessarily recommend spreading out that thin? Not always, not necessarily. However, I will say, using your chessboard analogy again, I think it taught me how to be able to play all the boards relatively well. And I think some of those skills have 
carried over, therefore, where we can, we really can, Michaela and our team, we are able to pop into people's businesses and quickly grasp what's going on. And we can pull from all the other experiences that we've had because we've interacted with so many different businesses and industries. We can pull from that very quickly and start applying you know, what we've learned into a, even a brand new industry that we don't know. Um, one of the things that I learned through video production is we would quite literally hop onto a plane. We worked with Discovery Channel and we would go film these episodes for them. And we didn't know what we were walking into. We would pack our equipment. We had a rough idea, a little bit of a shot list, pretty loose. And we would walk in and unpack what this business was and their story and what they did and find the story there for film. And, and we didn't know when we got off the plane exactly what we were walking into. Same with what we're doing now, and I love it. We don't know 100% what we're walking into, and that's part of the excitement, and it's part of the talent and gift that we bring to the table. I'm beginning to understand why it is that uh, you and I, I, I feel when, when you talk to me about my own business, I can visualize it very easily, and I'm beginning to understand why. Because you and I have a very similar philosophy, and you were talking about what you were doing with the Discovery Channel, that when you got there, you really didn't know what the story was mm -hmm. until you learned shooting and adjusted as you went through. I have spent a significant part of my career in radio, and part of that was done as a news director. No desire to do it again. Don't send me any job offers. <laughs> However, when I would put together a news story, I didn't know what that news story was going to be until I talked to the person that it was about. And uh, someone very, very smart taught me how to put together a radio news story that included what's called actualities, mm -hmm. uh, meaning when you had been doing the same thing yes. with your video interviews, only mine was just audio. And he said, when, you are, when you're writing the story, and you go to quote the person, and you're going to use that cut from something they said, he told me, you say the first sentence they said, then play the audio of the middle part, and then at the tail end of it, you say the last part, crediting them. That way it ties the entire thing together, and it's also their story. Mm -hmm. It's not mine. I've been interviewed uh, in the past. Well, I, I was on NBC News a couple of times uh, with because of who my grandmother is and, and her, her uh, connection with, with politics. Grandmas uh, are great. Yeah, they are. <laughs> she, it, was, it was Gwen Eiffel, not to drop names, but at the time she was working for NBC and she came and she interviewed. However, she came with the idea of a story that she wanted to tell and then went to go find facts to back it up. Mm -hmm. That's not my philosophy, but that is kind of the way news is now that we have a story we want to tell. We're going to go find what we can to support it as opposed to what is the story. Mm. What you're talking about is what is the story. What you're talking about with business is what is this business. We're not going to try to shape this business into something that we already have a preconceived notion of. We're going to learn what they are, such as when you and I sat down and talked about uh, a podcast business. I'm guessing at the time you didn't have a lot of experience or understanding about what a podcast business was. Shoot, neither did I. I leaned on you quite a bit during that conversation. So... That's why I think I'm seeing uh, the connection and why it is I find it so easy to talk to you and Michaela uh, about what it is that I do here or what it is that you do there. Yeah, I love that you bring that up because I think that plays really well into also Michaela's strengths in journalism. And it is 
to your point, uh, yes, a lot of news these days, another topic, right? <laughs> That's true. Um, but it's that being curious, which is actually one of our core values, is to stay curious and that's because it's such a value that we're able to bring to a business or an organization when, well, a great, for example, is when we've talked about this on the Writing Tandem podcast, when iOS Foundation here in Council Bluffs, they're housed in Council Bluffs, but they, they affect Pottawatomie County and some surrounding counties. When they approached us, what they really were asking for was, can you help us be curious about our county? We want to hear what they have to say. And so we worked out with them. We designed these Imagine Hours. And it really is the whole, we're not, it's not rocket science. And we don't have to like re-envision everything, even though it's a completely different um, organization or problem or opportunity to solve. The mechanics are still very much the same. And they are being curious, asking good questions, staying open, communicating well, and then coming up with a plan. And really, any business or organization that we enter or any problem or new product or launch or listening session that we design, it really revolves around those things over and over and over again. It's just asking good questions and listening well. Those are very important. And then I think the magic piece that we add to it well, there's actually probably two that I think about it, is creating a plan that doesn't collect digital dust. Michaela says it all the time. There's a lot of coaches, consultants, mentors that will come in and they ask great questions and they listen well. And then they kind of guide you to these aha moments. And then that's it. Right. And we don't do anything with it. One of the big things about us and how we work is no matter what we do, whether it is a one-time workshop or we're giving, um, we do speaking, you know, I go and speak at things. So if we do a speaking engagement, if we're engaging with you for a nine to 12 month um, kind of unpacking walk alongside, or we're doing one of our communications roadmap workshops, no matter what we do, even if we do a 30 minute consultation call, you leave with actionable two-day items. That's one of our commitments, that we're not just going to be curious, but we're also going to be a problem solver. We're going to be part of the answers that you're looking for practically, not just, oh, you should do this. Or, have you thought about that? Of course you have. You know, how do I do it? Dang it. That's what people really want to know. Great. Okay. I've had an aha moment, but now how? I want to ask you a, uh, a couple of questions about your personal business and, and how it is that you run things there because, well, and you just, I think you just talked about one of them a little bit. You touched on it. Where do you find your clients? And if you are going to a speaking engagement, chances are there's quite a few potential clients just sitting right there in the audience. Sure. I mean, there can be, right? And it's interesting. We, we are being strategic about the types of events that we will attend or um, a speaking engagement that we'll take or a workshop you know, that we'll put together because certainly there are certain clients that we like to work with. On the flip side of that, though, I would say that other secret sauce piece that I was kind of alluding to, we really 
I, I shouldn't even use the word really, really doesn't carry the right, you know, it's a dead word. We love our community. Truly love it. And when I say community, I'm talking Council Bluffs and Iowa. And I'm not a native of here, but Michaela is. She grew up in the area, and so she has this really deep-rooted um, history here and love for the area. I'm a transplant who ha- it's rubbed off on me. And so, you know, one of the things that we look at whenever we're engaging with a partner, whether it's a for-paid, a paid-for partnership, or it's just a an opportunity to present or to host or something like that, is we really evaluate and go, what kind of impact is this going to have? And does that align with the impact we want we want to have? Because there's only so much time. There's only so many billable hours, for one thing. Um, and we have goals and dreams as well. But then even outside of the billable hours, there's only so much time. And there's so many things to be excited and passionate about. And one of the things that we've come back to again and again and again is we want to have impact on our community. And when we talk about that, we want it to be big. We really want to move the needle because I think it comes back again to that idea of we don't want to just be digital dust. We don't want to be just philosophy and good ideas and big talkers. We want to actually be results driven. What are the outcomes of this going to be? And so when we align with a client or a partner or even just an opportunity, we want to know that there's potential there for a really fabulous outcome. I'm thinking of an example that speaks right into exactly what you're talking about. You and Michaela have a brick and mortar space. Literally, your walls are made out of brick. They are. They're really cool. (laughs) They are. They also like shed dust. So... (laughs) But if you were in the uh, mindset that, well, just how big of a splash can we make for our own personal business? Mm. Well, let me give you an example. You don't have a sign over your door. (laughs) In fact, I'm just going to laugh at ourselves for a minute. We don't have a sign over our door. And you're going to talk about different brands and companies. The vinyl graphics we have on our window right now, actually, it's an old business name of ours. Yeah, the, there's nothing on your windows or doors that say Tandem Works. No. Nothing's there. So people. So when you were talking yeah. about, you know, shifting some focus on your own business, right. that is an area that I'm just going to giggle about here. So. Well, and, but I think, as I said, I understand why that is. Because if you are going to be uh, working with someone and you're setting up an appointment and they're coming to see you, they're going to get your address. So they're going to find out where you're at. And you are not about making a big splash with your name Mm. in the community. That's not what you're, from what you're saying, that's not what your, uh, what your mission is. Your mission is to actually help people and to be able to help businesses and putting a big sign. And I'm thinking of my sign that's over my door, but (laughs) (laughs) however, mine's a little bit different. Uh, I think that that speaks exactly to what it is you're saying. It's just, it's proof of your practice and what you're preaching. Yeah, you know, it's an interesting way to look at that. We do strive truly to be servant-based in many ways. We are looking to serve our clients or our partners or our community. And that can sound a little bit ambitious or I've had people say to me on more than one occasion, it sounds naive 
that you could have that type of impact. And I look back and go, history has proven to me in my own life how big of an impact we can have. And as I look around at the community and people who believe that they can have that type of impact, whether that's through their business or their job or, or whatever it is, when they believe that, they do have incredible impact. So there is definitely that piece there of we are not a nonprofit. We, Michaela and I, are very committed to making a good amount of money. Um, and there's a couple of reasons for that. We want to be able to support our own families and our own ambitions and desires. We want to be able to build legacy. I know for both of us, we have a heart to be generous. And we want to be generous with checks, with money to the things we believe in. We also want to support our team. We want our team to be well paid especially in the more creative types of spaces we'll end up in. A lot of creatives are not well paid and that breaks our hearts. And so we are definitely about making money. On the flip side of that though, I don't believe that that means you can't be aligned with having incredible impact on your community. I think you really can lift both. And it's interesting you're mentioning about the sign it's just, it's funny to me because we've, we've talked about the sign a couple times and, you know, the first time that we, the first check really that we got written for Tandem Works when we first started, we had a name, we knew we were going to call it Tandem Works at that point. The first client that we had, we didn't have a bank account set up. We didn't have, we had like the LLC together. So it was a legal entity. We didn't have a bank account set up. We didn't have a logo. We didn't have... They wanted to send us a check, and we had nowhere for them to send us a check. They would have had to have written a check to Vivian Kavam, personally, or Michaela Morrissey at the time. Um, and we were like, this is bananas. How many times do people hold themselves back because they're like, I'm not qualified, or I'm not set up enough, or I don't have the thing yet, or I don't have an office, or I don't have a logo, or I don't have the training, or whatever. How many times have we held ourselves back from huge impact by thinking that we have to have it all together. So I just, I wanted to point that out. We don't have a sign over our door, um, to your point, somewhat because we haven't taken the time. We're busy um, serving our clients. Two, to your point, yeah, you know, there is a piece of it that's like it's not about, we need to be visual to a degree, but, you know, it, it is it about our name over the door. And, uh, and third, because you can keep having impact without all the things in place yet. You know, there's, there's plenty of things that aren't completely in place in our business, but we're not going to let that hold us back from having impact on our community. Because the community is made up of so many awesome people. And can you imagine if you started just freeing people up to just start things, even if they aren't, you know, I'm air quoting, fully ready yet? When I started my business and I went to, I actually, the reason that I went to the courthouse and filed a business name was because my bank required it for me to have a business account. Yeah, people can't send you money without that. <laughs> right. We had to get a, we set up a and, PayPal, Todd. Oh, I did the same. Yeah. <laughs> and somebody explained to me very quickly that, um, you know, nobody wants to use those. No. <laughs> so, there are a few people that will 
they'll send you money via PayPal or Venmo, but that's very few and far between. Yeah. But when I established that business, my thinking was, well, my job is going to be auditioning for voice work. And then anything that I get from that will be how I get paid for my job. But that's what my job is, is auditioning. So there's a lot of different pay-to-play sites that they call them online for different service industries, and including voice work. I auditioned for many, many audiobooks and ended up recording probably over 200 of them. But please don't go looking for them. These are bad <laughs> books. It's, it, it's a whole different story. But anyway, that's what I thought my business was. And then I started looking into real estate videos and then, well, I can do them cheaper if we don't do an actual video, if we just do a moving slideshow. So I thought about that. Oh, that's going to be it. That's going to be what the business is. Look at how many real estate agents there are out in this country. There's 1.2 million real estate agents. How few do I need to be able to make just a wonderful living doing this? No, that didn't work either. And, but I was sure that that was it. I, the facility that we're sitting in right now didn't occur to me until the beginning of 2022. It didn't even register in my mind that there was a place for a commercial recording studio designed for podcasts. It didn't, it didn't register with me. And then I just, once I had the idea, started talking with some different people that had were re- local resources that were free. I mean, you're familiar with Nikki Ferguson over at Advanced Southwest Iowa Corporation, and I've told her many times on her own podcast, we don't exist here without her help. Oh, she's fabulous. There was uh, uh, the Small Business Development Center at Iowa Western, uh, Sue Pitts out there, very instrumental and very patient. Yes. I took so many different ideas to her, and she just worked with me through every one and, and never criticized me on any of them. But uh, That it, would be one, just to insert there real quickly, um, you know, people always say you get what you pay for. That would be one where I'm like, uh, there's, a little, there's a little bit of a, a broken rule there because mm-hmm. what, what she offers is free, largely free, but it's excellent. It is. Like, it's a great place to start. So I just wanted to insert that role. And I, I have talked with other successful business owners that when they started, they were out there talking to Sue or someone else in that department at, at Iowa Western. And it's amazing how many successful businesses have started that way. And then and, and, and talking with Nikki Ferguson, because we've been doing, uh, her podcast is called The Launchcast, and we've had a lot of different clients, mm-hmm. clients in, in air quotes, because they're not paying for it. They do have to pay for it with their effort, though. I mean, that's true. I guess you could take it that way, too, of like, you get what you pay for. Are you going to put the effort in and pay the sweat equity and time equity in? If you're going to put that in, like the resources, incredible. Well, we had different business owners, some small, some a little bit bigger. But over the year that we've been doing that launch cast, at the end of the year, we sat here and we did a... Uh, year-end review of everyone that we'd had on, and we just talked a little bit about everybody. Nice. They're all still in business. That's all. Everybody is still in business. Mm-hmm. That, I think, is a testament to what it is that they do because they're getting such a strong foundation, and they are able to... We're, we were still dealing with COVID in 2022, so they were able to weather that storm, and some very, very successful. You know, I think there's a lot of talk about 
COVID and 2020 and the impact on small businesses. And 100%, you know, there was, it was a tough time. But businesses that survive tough times, they're the ones, right? Like, sometimes I think we can get too focused on, oh, it was such a rough time. Rough times are what build small businesses. And even the ones who struggled to the point of, shuttering you know shuttering their their um, businesses up that's not experience lost when they go to start another one which I'm a huge proponent of like just because your business closed and failed does not mean that you have failed forever right it in fact I would say it's a great opportunity to build off of what you now know it forces you through some of the hardest lessons that you can learn. And you would never learn those lessons any other way. Like you cannot fabricate a model to put yourself through like that. And so I don't want to sound in, uh, um, I don't want to sound like I'm not being sensitive towards what small businesses went through. Our business also went through, you know, it was rough. Um, but I will also say, dependent on the perspective you take on that, we thrived through that. And I think a lot of it had to do with the lens that we chose to look at that through. Did we make as much revenue as we were projecting? No, we didn't. But did we learn some incredibly valuable lessons that, n- that we're able to apply now? 100%. One of my favorite sayings, and we've talked about it before, that you know, worthy of hanging on a poster in a guidance counselor's office is if you want to be successful, get comfortable with failure Mm -hmm. because I don't know about you, but for me, I can't, I honestly cannot think of a single thing of true value that I've learned in my life, regardless of what it was that pain wasn't involved. Mm -hmm. Some bad pain, some just being just, you know, a little uncomfortable, but everything uh, was a difficult process, but that's where you learn. You learn through your failures. You, if you succeed at something, you haven't learned a thing because you already knew it. Right. Um, you know, maybe you practiced or, you know, uh, sustained or kept the muscle limber, if you will, which there's value to that. You know, being able to do things and repeat it again and again and be successful at that, there is a value there. But when you're looking to go beyond maintaining, which I think a lot of business owners are, or people just looking to move in their careers or to have impact. Like you can't just maintain, you have to push those boundaries. And, you know, as I think about the, the, this podcast success in Iowa, I do think there are certain communities that foster that type of atmosphere more than others. And having lived in a couple of different communities now and had businesses in a few different communities, I have to say that it's one of the things I love here in Iowa and in the Council Bluffs area is that there is a network for when you stumble or you are kind of in that like failure trajectory, if you will. There's still a lot of support around you to pick yourself back up and get moving again if you're willing to put yourself out there. And I have never been so connected into a community like I have been here 
it's not to say that other communities don't have things to offer, but this community has been very supportive of our company and of our brand. And you mentioned a couple of of the people in the area and the entities that help with that. But I think also there's a desire here to see people succeed. And that's huge. The community that you surround yourself with, people who aren't even in our industry, who would never necessarily have need of our services, support our business. And I I mean, Michaela and I were just talking about the other day, We've had a recent sort of influx of some very kind messages from people. And we literally look at each other and we're just like, they're not even, they would never be a client. Like they're not an ideal client. There's nothing there. And yet they've reached out to say, hey, I noticed you guys are doing this thing. I think that's really rad. Like I'm excited for you. Or, hey, I I had one the other day and they sent an email in and said, no question here or anything. Um, Your podcast popped up and just wanted to say, "I I really like it. And I think one of the first reviews we had, it was somebody, so writing tandems really geared towards small business owners and just business owners in general, or or maybe going to be entrepreneurs. Um, And like the first review that got written was from somebody here locally who just said, I really support this and I have no desire to start a business at all. But I think this is great. So when I think about how we how we get to move within communities and we get to choose our communities as well. I didn't grow up here. I grew up in Reno, Nevada and then moved to a small town in West Point, Nebraska and lived on a 40 acre farm (laughs) and then moved to Omaha and then lived here in Council Bluffs and having experienced those different communities, I have to say like this one's very supportive. It's part of being able to be successful, who your community is. Well, I wish that I had hours to sit here and record and talk with you, Vivian, because I could uh, I, I could never run out of questions and different things to uh, discuss with you. Yeah, same. I, I do want to uh, talk just very briefly about your podcast, Writing Tandem, and to congratulate you on where are we at with released episodes. As we're recording this on the 10th of January, 2023, 14? 14. 14, 14 episodes have been released. You are now in five countries. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can track where these people are at. We know that you have had listeners now in 19 different states. But we don't know who you are. Just no, we don't know. It's not creepy. Like, <laughs> we don't know your names. <laughs> no, we're not, uh, we, we, we're not doing a reverse webcam yeah, thing. Yeah, not yet, in. at least. <laughs> <laughs> but what... Uh, what were you thinking when you started this? I mean, were you thinking, okay, this is where we're going to be and we're going to, were you thinking about having a national uh, reach on your podcast or were you thinking about just talking to people locally? Yeah, that's an excellent question. So, you know, we were talking earlier about how Tandem Works came together and I think a big piece of that, again, is aligning on what really lights our fire and one of the things that I've identified is that I love being able to encourage people and also to help them unpack and simplify difficult concepts. And I enjoy being able to do that. And so a podcast has been thrown out a couple of times. And so over the past year, we just kept aligning on what really 
lights Michaela's fire and is she moving and operating in those ways, which is a little different for, than mine, and what lights Vivian's fire. And so a podcast was one of the things that we identified really lights a fire for me. And Michaela's super supportive of it and, it, and it ties in well with our company as well. So it is also strategic. And so when you ask about, you know, for local or national, honestly, like I do, I do have dreams and ambitions of it going national, less for the name and lights, although that's fun too, right? The name over the door. Like, sure, it is fun. And I'm not going to pretend that there's, there's nothing fun and enjoyable about thinking about that. But the primary thing here is less about a million followers or 100,000 followers or 1,000 followers, right? And it's really more about can this encourage somebody? Can the podcast writing tandem encourage somebody to step out and take a leap or to try something new or to feel like they're not alone on an island? Um, because so many small business and even large business owners, you know, I keep saying small business and I, I want to almost backtrack and go, I'm really just saying business owners. I think there's things to be gained by hearing the stories of all size, you know, businesses and to hear from experts and that those concepts can be applied across the board. And so Writing Tandem is really focused in on encouragement and support and hopefully some aha moments, and also a just a feeling of I'm not alone in this journey of designing a business that works and is aligned well for me, but also is aligned perfectly to have incredible impact on whatever community you've chosen. Writing Tandem can be heard on uh, whatever favorite podcast platform you have. We've got it posted there so you can find it there. And I encourage you to listen because if you like uh, what you heard today from Vivian, it's just more and more details about the same type of topic. And um, I've, I've said it many times and I'll continue to say it every time I sit in here in one of your recordings, I feel like I'm in on a TED Talk. It's just so wonderful. And I gain so much out of it. And when you bring guests in, I gain from that too. It's, uh, I feel like I'm getting a lot more out of this uh, partnership than, <laughs> than what you are, but that's just for my side of the fence. So um, thank you so much for taking time to uh, uh, talk with us today uh, about what it is that you do and uh, continued success to both you and Michaela. You're, you're doing wonderful things here. And, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled you're in the community and, and you decided to put your business here. I think it's wonderful. Well, thank you. It's, it really is an incredible community. So we're glad to be here. And we thank you for listening to this episode of Success in Iowa. New episodes out each week. Till next time, take care. <laughs>